Music. Good morning, doll. Hello, Jason. How are you, man? Hello. Good. I guess it's not morning there, is it? It's like four o'clock? Yes, it's uh, just... 1600? Yes, it's just after four here. Um, we're all locked in our home, homes now. You know, we have a second lockdown in Israel. It's pretty... The situation here is pretty bad. Yeah. Are you are you in Tel Aviv? Yes, I'm. At, I'm. I'm right now. I'm in the center of Tel Aviv. You know, it's like the the best place to uh, to live. You know, it's individual, but it's a very uh, it's an area of a very high demand. Okay, yeah, I'm. I'm barely familiar with Tel Aviv. Um, when I was there, I was staying right on the ocean, uh, but I couldn't tell you where. But man, it was beautiful. I loved it. I love Tel Aviv. I would I would say it's about a, a ten minute walking from the ocean and where the hotels usually are. Um, yeah, we try to go there like five or six times a week, you know, t- to get some to get some work in and walk a little bit because it's getting a little bit yeah. hard to stay at home like all day long. Right. That's uh, one thing I noticed on the. Um, that's the Mediterranean right there, right? It is. Yeah, one thing I noticed is when. Um, there's a there's like a little cafe coffee shop right on the ocean, and we were hanging out having some Turkish coffee, and I just noticed there's all these guys that were probably like in their 60s or 70s, working out like on the beach. It was something that you don't see very much in America. It's just all these guys like staying fit. It was really cool. Yes, the, you wouldn't believe the amount of people you'll see right now on the beach uh, trying to get trying to stay fit because they've locked everything, and you know. You could Oh sure. It's it's literally thousands of people right now on the beach trying to work out, you know, because we have a lot of uh, these like open gyms with uh, all these this very simplistic uh, gymnastics, but uh, mm-hmm. we try to we try to get everything we can. That's awesome. So, um we know each other from Agalock playing in Tel Aviv. Uh was it like 8 years ago? A little more, even right? it, it was. It really? was. I think it was nine years ago, almost to the day. No, not to the day. It was November, November two thousand eleven, right? That's right. That sounds right because I remember it was over Thanksgiving, and uh, people were really sick of me making the joke that uh, Israel does Thanksgiving right. <laughs> you know, it was a, such such a uh, a different time in my life than I am now. I, I yeah. just I, I met my fiance. We are together ever since obviously but i met her like uh three weeks before this concert so you can imagine okay yeah it it was we just started dating and uh and i just started college it was it was like it was a perfect time for agalog to come and play here at least for me yeah well it was funny because we're actually scheduled to to play there i think in june or july and uh ishai the promoter basically flat out told us don't come here in the dead of summer you will melt it's too hot it's too humid you would have hated it you would have hated it yeah. really that's what that's what he kept telling us and so we yeah we did it over thanksgiving which um our families wasn't weren't very stoked about having us away for the the american holiday but uh man i i totally enjoyed my time there we were only there for 3 or 4 days but uh we got to go see jerusalem Spent the day in Jerusalem. We uh, explored Tel Aviv. Of course, the show was awesome. I think it was the longest performance we ever played. It was two and a half hours or so. 
you know, when Ishai introduced you guys on stage and I, I really understood how long this was going to be, I was like, oh, man, are we in for the treat of our lives? No, that was, it was good, actually, you know. Yeah. And, and that break you had in the middle, you know, it's, it's something you don't see every day. I think only when Porcupine Tree played here, it was like that long. And we had also the mm-hmm. recess in the middle and everything. Yeah, I know for a fact. I mean, we've played some long shows, like two hour plus shows, but I know for a fact that's the only one where we had like an intermission of sorts. Um, but that was, that was very memorable for all of us. Uh, you know, going all the way to Israel for one show, uh, not something we did every day. It was really, really special. And the, the people there that we met, there's so many people there that we met that uh, we've run into at festivals and, um, you know, in the years since, and that we're Facebook friends with and, you know, things like that. And that's, that's really special. And we got so many cool gifts. The fans gave us, you know, handmade necklaces and things like that. And that was, that was really amazing. Yes, Israelis, you know, we tend to be very, uh, very warm people. You know, I work with, with people from all over the world and people keep telling me that, you know, I, I've worked with numerous people from like a lot of countries yeah. and uh, we do have some things that, we, you know, we, we, we tell everything to your face. We usually mm-hmm. don't have any blockage between our minds and our mouths, but uh, that's uh, all right. <laughs> it comes, yes, it's it, and it's different from American people, you know. You, uh, when when you know when an American boss tells you I'm confused, you're in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> when an Israeli one tells you yeah. I'm confused, it means he's really confused, you know. That's that's really funny. So um, when Agalok was there, we did a signing at a place called the Metal Shop. Is that right? Yes. This this was okay. basically this was basically like um, a shrine. For for uh, for metal fans to come and and buy yeah, and it was merch. incredible. Uh, I wasn't ma- able to make it that day, uh, but I saw pictures and I had good friends go there. And I used to I, w- I used to go. Uh, I used to live uh, back you know back when the metal shop still existed. I didn't live in Tel Aviv. I lived in Cholon, which is my hometown. And I uh, uh, all throughout the time that the metal shop existed, I I used to go there at least once a month you know to meet the people and to get some music and i think that in 2015 the place finally finally sh- finally shut down and it was really oh, really, really sad yes it, it's really sad for you know for the local metal fans and the metal community yeah. because and there are places where you can get metal music but not exclusively metal music you know and it, as a metal right. fan you can probably understand what it means and our our country is so small you know we don't have the kind of variety you can get in America, and that was really sad for us. But yes, th- that place was really cool. Well, they had uh, they had such an interesting selection of things. Um, it was like all the new releases, but then they had these. The T-shirt selection was insane. It was like all these shirts that I bought as a teenager in the '90s, and they looked like like the exact same ones. It was like going through a portal. It was amazing. I walked out of there with probably like 10 different t-shirts. I found my very first ever lawnmower death t-shirt and I just adore those guys. So I was, I was incredibly excited. Yes. You could find some gems there. That's really nice. Yeah. I bought this lawnmower shirt and, uh, it was too small for me, but I was like, I am going to I'm going to wear the shit out of this shirt, but it was super uncomfortable because it was too small and I ended up giving it to my daughter <laughs> and now she wears it all the time. She still wears it. It's like almost 10 years old. So souvenirs from abroad are always good. 
Yeah. Oh, and I, of course you have to, you know, I brought my kids, uh, like these little stuffed camels, I believe they were that I got somewhere on the beach at some shop. And it's always fun to get little souvenirs for the kids. I, I, I'm okay. really, you know, I'm really satisfied to hear that it was a unique experience for you guys. Oh, it was incredible. We all, we all totally loved it. And Don and I had known Ishai for years previous to that. So it just made sense that he would bring us over. And I think it was beneficial to everybody involved. We had a, we had a great time. I, I couldn't tell you enough about the contribution of Ishai to the scene. I mean, I would, oh, I, I, can't I, even imagine. I, I would know where we were and uh, how many artists we've been able to see if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. I mean, he's been doing it forever. Yes. And, and thankfully for us. Yeah. That's awesome. Hats off to Ishai. Uh, so I asked you to prepare uh, basically a playlist of Israeli bands. And you have done that, correct? I have. I have. That, that's amazing. So we're going to do kind of like a Israeli scene report of, of sorts. Uh, do you want to launch into it? Yes. The first, one, the first song I'll be playing um, is probably by maybe the, the, the first Israeli metal band for sure, but I think the one that had the most impact on me also. And you've met these okay. guys. I have a pretty good idea who it is then. Yeah. I, 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 it was really hard for me to pick the song, but I picked this one for uh -huh. a reason. Okay. This has got to be Salem. It is. Okay. And, and Salem were actually the first Israeli metal band I've heard. And it was the first concert that I ever attended. I can tell you that for me, it was like such a unique experience. So what year was this that you, you got to see them for the first time? It was, it was 2002. Uh, okay. That was the first concert I've ever seen. I think it was like, I, I wasn't even 14 at the time. And there was a, there was a forum. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there was, it was like the biggest internet forum for metal back in the day and I saw a post it was just like when I, I got into metal and I saw a okay. post of this band that's doing a launch show in two days it was a Friday night uh, they launched their album it was Salem obviously the album is Collective Demise it was their new album mm -hmm. at the time and I asked my dad dad could you could you take me to see this concert Okay. Yeah. Obviously, if you knew my dad, you would understand that he didn't come with, to the concert. He just drove me, drove me there. But I, I, I can. Your, your dad and I go way back. I've, <laughs> I've known your dad for a really long time. <laughs> no, my mom, by the way, is a big music fan. We seen the metal. Yes, we were we were uh, in London uh, almost twelve months ago to see Fields of the Nephilim. Oh, wow. That's yes. awesome. And the reason that I, I even got in the fields of the Nephilim at first was because of Agaloc. Of course, yes. We uh, sold a lot of records for them, I'm sure. And it was a unique experience in of itself. But when I got to see Salem, you know, it was... I first listened to their song, not this one. Uh, this song is the first song of their uh, collective demise, which which a long show I attended, but I... I, I 
listen to a song off of Kaddish. And Kaddish is, is the classic, I think. Yeah. Yes. And, and uh, also there was a, uh, there was a d- dedication uh, that Don did for, uh, you know, for, the, for yeah. the remaster. And that was pretty big, you know, to see that. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think what you said earlier about Salem is correct. I think they, I mean, obviously it's correct, but it, they are kind of like the name in Israeli metal, especially like the first name in Israeli metal. Yeah, you're wearing a sarcophago tee now, and they yes, were I am. they were also one of the pioneers. You know, when 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 sarcophago uh, rose into their, into their frame back in the day, then yes. it was also Salem. You know, along with a mixture of these names, Beheret right. and and so forth. Also. Oh. yeah, I love how you say Beheret, Beherit. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm gonna start saying it that way. I have no idea what's what's correct, but uh, Beheret or Beherit. One of my absolute favorite bands. Yeah, I remember that you wore a T of them in in the in the Agalock DVD. That's right, I did. Yeah, yeah. I have I have a, I have a, <laughs> I, have pre, I have a pretty crazy memory for small details like that. No, that's great. Yeah, I I obviously picked that out on purpose. Um, but a funny note that never really came up is that halfway through that DVD shoot, I had to change shirts, um, and I I don't even remember why. But so there's some like B-roll footage that never got released where I sat down in the exact same spot somehow during the interview and changed my shirt. And so then in the footage, the Beharit logo just disappears. It's the creepiest, weirdest looking thing, but it's, it's hidden on a hard drive somewhere, I'm sure. But anyway, uh, Israeli metal, Salem. Yeah. I, I haven't, go for it. it that particular song it's called broken yet united and that okay. album that album it's is surrounding um the enormous wave of terror that uh israel was under uh these days i remember yeah. it as a kid you know every other day there was a bus exploding you know terror was around the corner literally anywhere right. in the country you yeah. wouldn't know where it was going to catch you And this song starts the album, and it, it really depicts a perfect picture of our country. Uh, we also experience it very strongly these days, you know, with COVID. Uh, yes. The country, it says, broke, the, the name of the song is Broken Yet United, and it discusses um, how the Israeli uh, society is so, you know, divided into a lot of cultural and uh, political beliefs. And usually only when bad, really bad things happen, we're united to one. And I believe yeah. that during these re- very, very difficult times, we also, um, we also don't experience it as strong as we used to. You know, I feel like our society is very, very divided these days. Yeah. And I wish it could have been it's, different. It's extremely divided in America. Um, you feel it there too? Yes, definitely. Feel division, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Do you feel like, um, like what you said, though, is, is COVID kind of bringing people together, or do you feel like it's dividing people even further? At start, it, it was like bringing us together. Uh, again, Israelis are warm people, you know. You'll see mm-hmm. posts about, you know, helping this particular individual that, you know, he lost his job and he needs money, and, you know, people are raising money for any purpose you would think of these days. But, you know, right. the... Like the most, uh, like the, the most, uh, and, and this, uh, this sort of uh, 
you know, and this sort of problem in our society existed, uh, like it exists ever since, but uh, these days it's bringing it even more to, to the attention of everybody is the fact that religious people are still having like huge mass gatherings Uh, yeah. and you know they're not uh, you, you, taking any uh, safety precautions and stuff like that yeah. and again I think that this is not things that we should be focusing on you know as, as a community as a society we should just try to right. stick together and try to go through uh, to, uh, to just go through this and uh, make sure it's gone fast and you know everybody should be responsible for themselves but uh, there's a lot of criticism oh. towards the religious people these days here well There is here as well um, by, you know, certain people, because that is the first people that were petitioning to reopen are the churches. And uh, COVID was spreading here because of church meetings and church gatherings. So I think, uh, I think these things that you speak of are probably worldwide problems. I think that's um, probably happening everywhere. I would think that it was only here, but that's, I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, encouraging to see, to, to hear otherwise. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, even in, even in my, uh, my state of Oregon, um, I know that that was like one of the biggest problems was the, the churches trying to convene back together too soon. So I don't know. It's it, yeah. Weird times. I wish it would just be over. You know, I cannot even think and imagine what what uh, touring musicians go to uh, go through these days. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of friends that are either musicians or venue owners or sound men or something like that, and they're just out of work. And I thought, I thought that you know, our government is totally ignoring all the you know everything related to the live music industry or or the theaters yeah. or. Music venue, you name it. And I yeah. thought that it, the problem only existed here until two days ago. I saw a post of, of, uh, of Fields of Netherfilm's uh, band manager, and he was also complaining about it. And I was like, okay, so maybe we're not the only country in the world with problems, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's the same here. Uh, yeah, global issues, I think. Uh, so I'm dying to know what you're going to play second. So this was Salem, and uh, the, the next band that I'm going to play is probably, the, I wouldn't say second biggest, because people, uh -huh. people are going to second guess me, obviously, because uh, this band is considered the biggest one to ever come out of our, out of our country. But uh, I, think that, I think it's pretty obvious who you're going to play. Yes. I, uh, there's also a, a nice backstory to this one. Um, this is off, off my favorite record of theirs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I recognize it already. I think that, you know, when I first heard this song, and I also remember the exact date that this was, uh, I was blown away because I don't think that something like this was ever done before. Oh, yeah. This actually, this, this song is actually off their second record, not their first one. Um, I was at some party, you know, metal party, and back then I was still new to the scene. And um, this song started playing at, at the party, and I was, I was really, I was blown off by this. It was insane. Oh, yeah. And you know, um, after a couple of days, I realized that the DJ is Kobe Falchi, the, the vocalist. So oh, that okay. Made, that nice. made a lot of sense, but the rest is history, basically. You know, the, what this band's been able to do 
for such a long period of time and you know yeah well, i was uh mid 90s i was a music journalist i wrote for some fanzines and ended up writing for terrorizer and metal maniacs later but uh so i used to get promos a lot and i remember getting the promo for sahara and it was like nothing i ever heard before it was just so unique and i just i had that on repeat for weeks really yeah absolutely loved it because they're on they're on holy and uh holy had some of the best music especially in the in the mid 90s wow i didn't i didn't i didn't think someone you know maybe you but uh, uh, holy records doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't get doesn't get the recognition that they should be getting you know no not at all um but you know in the 90s if you were into strange and obscure metal i mean holy was where it was at they had tons of great bands in fact uh sculptured uh was going to be on holy at one point in time but we oh, really signed yeah we we signed a contract with mad lion out of poland first and then holy offered us a deal and so we had to uh decline unfortunately and mad lion ended up being nothing basically so not awesome but then we got hooked up with the end and the rest is history was that was that before apollo ends or before the first one that that was for the that was for the first record uh, it was actually released by mad lion before it was released by the end i see so the end's version was kind of a reissue you know i i also uh, after i got to know agalock i got i got into sculpture a lot and there's even an israeli band that i i constantly compare to sculpture really yeah i i used to tell their guitarist that they sound like sculpture and he's a huge agalock fan Uh, and he was like, okay, everything that sounds like Don Anderson, it means it's a huge compliment, so I don't mind. Well, of course. <laughs> I'll be playing this. Yeah, so, okay, perfect. So this obviously is Orphan Land. Yeah, it is. I don't and think we actually said the name of the band yet. Yeah, this is off of their second record, El Nora Alila. Mm-hmm. Um, and they usually don't play these songs live as much as they used to anymore, but... I really think that Sahara and El Nora Alila are the peak of their creations to this day. Uh, even though their material really evolved in recent years and they don't really sound like that anymore, but yeah. it's very, very unfortunate, but I'll never forget what they've been able to do and I'm a big fan of this day. And Yeah, so they are, they are probably undoubtedly the biggest metal band in Israel. Yes, they are very successful and... Uh, yeah. I think that the only ones that have they actually been uh, constantly touring for years and, and yeah. you know what's most what's even more important than the music you know we we've been unfortunately we've been enemies with uh, with Lebanon with Syria with Iraq with Iran all the all, mm-hmm. all those countries and I don't know if you've seen videos but you can see videos of orphanland shows on YouTube and Kobe is asking you Who's from Iran? Who's from Syria? Who's from Lebanon? And uh-huh. Who's from Bahrain? And you can see they have fans physically coming to shows from all the Arab countries and nobody cares that they're Israeli and they're right. proud of it. And, you know, it's so amazing to see that music is able to bring people, people together this way. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, agreed. Me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the power of music. It, it brings people together. Yes, it is, and this is really, really amazing. Yeah, I, 
I adore Orphan Land. Um, I am a huge fan of their first two records. And I mean, I, I love everything they've done, but especially those first two records, those are, those are the, the best ones in my opinion. Um, and I listened to them so much in the nineties and early two thousands. I, I want to revisit them now after hearing them again, but, uh, yeah, what a fantastic band. Did you, get, did you get to meet him when you, when you were here? I, man, it was so long ago. Um, I want to say one of the members was at the Agalock show. Probably. But, okay. Uh, but I can't, I can't say for sure. I know that somebody from Salem was there at least. No, I think maybe even everybody from Salem was I there. Think, I think that most of them, you had, you have pictures with Zev and Nir. Yeah. And uh-huh. they, I think, I think of Michael as well, you know, um, Michael, he passed away. I think it was. It's almost. Right. It's almost. I think eighteen months since it happened. And oh wow! Okay. It was. It, I, I. I. I'm about to burst in tears when I talk about it, but um, because they had a they had a fundraiser show. I, I think it's it's okay. perfect to speak about it now because um, Orphan and in Salem were actually. I. Uh, they say they had some sort of a feud. I think maybe. 10 years ago, maybe even before that, you know, each band was filling out venues on the same day, uh, different venues, obviously, because they didn't do many shows together. I think I was only in one big festival where both bands, you know, they shared the stage. And, you know, obviously, Michael, who was the basis of Salem, passed away. And and Uri from Offenland, he filled his part on this uh, fundraiser show. And Kobe came along to sing. There's actually footage of all this concert. And... I have not seen Salem live in many, many years. I, I, I want to say before that show, like seven years, something like that. Maybe okay, a uh-huh. little more. And to see them live again uh, uh, in that special evening was something that I'll never forget. That's awesome. Michael was, That's so cool. Michael was, was the essence of Israeli metal. You, know, you would see him in right. all the most obscure and esoteric metal concerts, like mm-hmm. one of the fans. You know, he was like... And you could you could just approach him. Uh, he was also a bassist, like yourself. And you know, you 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 two kind of remind me of each other. You know, in that you're very approachable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, bassists tend to be sometimes. <laughs> I see. Unless you're like, unless you're like Flea. I don't know if you'd want to approach someone like Flea. <laughs> I love I love Flea. Uh, amazing bassist, but I'm not sure I'd just walk up to him off the street. Give him a hug. Not sure. Not sure that that's what you do with. Flea. This is this is uh, again. This is the what's unique about our our scene, our culture. You know, everybody feels a little more comfortable. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, uh, love Orphan Land. What a what a fantastic band. Uh, so Salem and Orphan Land were the two that I knew you'd play because those are the ones that people outside of Israel know. I feel like. Um, Aside from that, I don't know any Israeli bands, really, I don't think. Yes, we have many, and I have a selection of, you know, I try to both uh, play some things that are trendy and new and, you know, like the bands that exist now and influential bands from the past. And really, uh, in the early 90s i was i was a, i was a baby i just heard about these things obviously right but in the early 90s uh the biggest biggest uh 
metal thing in Israel was like uh, Paradise Lost, The Gathering, uh, like these early oh, yeah. uh, My Dying uh-huh. Bride, the early Doom death bands. They were a huge, right. huge influence on uh, on our scene. Anathema. Uh, yeah, obviously. And th- there, yeah. Were, there was one band that did it better than all the rest. And From is, Israel. Yes. And it is a little bit sad because um, that band disbanded long, long ago. Uh, their name is Substance for God. And I don't believe I've ever heard of them. Yeah, because they, they were um, they were really big uh, locally. I'm gonna play this okay. song. There, it was this song um, actually really hard to select, but I'll play their I guess most famous and the known one. Um, and this is a little bit sad because um, they released one record. And right after this record was released, I think they they signed with Nuclear Blast. Okay. And the only thing that was released through Nuclear Blast is a video clip of the song you're listening to right now. And they disbanded a long, long ago, and their vocalists became very religious in time. Oh, okay. And I think it was like six years or something that Yeshai was trying to bring them together and they, he actually even posted a picture of them doing a rehearsal like five or six years ago and I was like psyched for this because I would die to see, to see this band live right and it's going to be a little bit sad again but uh, their vocalist <laughs> their vocalist actually passed away like a month ago two months ago oh no like. Yes, and it, wow. it ended every every chance of them ever getting together, even though he was right. really religious. And it, I would, I would, sh- I would show you the picture later of the rehearsal. It's really strange. You'll see a bunch of metalheads, you know, and ordinary people, and the vocalist uh-huh. looks like a very religious man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, feel free to send me some of these things that you're speaking of, and I can I can put them up on the I Hate Music Facebook and Instagram and things like that to tie in with the show. Yes, and this this particular song, uh, uh, I think, put them on the map. I would say again, they had a deal with Nuclear Blast. Nothing was released eventually, but uh, this album is just great. You can see the uh, the, the obvious influences of Paradise Lost, the Anathema. Yes. Uh huh. And and also the l- lyrical themes are exactly the same. Yeah, they sound very Dutch to me. I would never guess Israel. No, they're they're 100% local, and uh, even though this band doesn't exist anymore, I still go back to that album once in a while because it had a huge impact on my taste. And you know, it was really nice to know that local bands could actually do things that sound like that. Yeah, that's awesome. So the band name is Substance for God. Exactly. And what's the what's the album name? Assembly of Flowers. Okay. So is it available like on CD or yes, LP you'll find or it. Like yes, that? you'll find it. Okay. There was a CD released, and you'll find it. It's not hard to come by. But it wasn't released by Nuclear Blast. No, it was I think BNE, which is which is the uh, the label that Salem released uh, Collective Demise through. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is cl- classic Doom Death. Yeah, exactly. I, I still come back to this album once in a while. Again, it's. It's exactly the type of metal that does it to me. Right, yeah, that's awesome. 
And what and what year was this? This was I think it was 90s? I think it I think it was 94 released. Okay. And again, during these times it was like the hottest trend in Israeli metal. Yeah. Bands like that. We well, had we had Tiamat visiting uh, Tiamat released oh, I uh, love uh, Tiamat. Yeah, they uh, in the uh, the clouds Astal Sleep uh, era they, yeah, they, they yeah. actually came here and played a live show here and it was recorded and released through uh, Yeah, uh, I've got the CD. Yeah, so so uh, yeah. they played in the Oxen Club, which I didn't exist when when everything uh, when everything went on there. But the Roxen Club was like the biggest and most influential and famous uh, uh, metal venue in Israel these days. That's awesome. And they used to play in the Roxen practically every week. Wow! Uh, and we had the Gathering come play during this time. Yeah. And, and Paradise Love Lost came here a few times and played there. Paradise Lost, uh, you know, Ishai brings them over every every two years, which I think yeah. is awesome. You know, they release an album, they come to Israel. Yeah, that's great. I haven't kept up with Paradise Lost, but those early records are classic. Yeah, during this time, they were, again, they were gods in Israel during this yeah. time. You know, during uh, during Gothic and Icon and, and Draconian yeah. times, they were, they were gods in Israel. They were like Metallica. Right, yeah. They they even came to uh, to a record store, you know, to do like a signing session, like Agalock did. Yeah. And I, I hear many stories that uh, windows were broken in the store because there were so many people inside. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. That's funny because I mean I think they're they're fairly popular everywhere, but uh, I I don't think that would happen in America if they did a signing session here. I don't think. They Again, they, they were equivalent to gods back yeah, then. Yeah, that's so in crazy. Israel. Huh, that's interesting. I've got a, a really good friend. Um, well, I think you know of him, Ramin from Iran. And uh, he told me that in Iran, you know, metal is extremely hard to get and uh, extremely hard to even listen to. But he said anathema was like the equivalent to Paradise Lost for Israel. Like anathema was like really? the gods there. Yeah. I, that's what I said too. I was really surprised. Because again, anathema, the things that they've released are really big, but... Um, yeah. And again... It's still pretty obscure. I agree. I mean, I, 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 it shocked me. He was like, oh yeah, anathema is like the big band in Iran. By the way, the place to get familiar with bands in Israel back in the day was a metal mm-hmm. shop. You went there? The, yeah. For example, yep. Anathema was a band that I was introduced to by Uri, Uri from Orphanland, the bassist. Uh, he, okay. used to, he used to be there, like, you know, it was his shop, and um, you would come there, you'd, you'd ask him, Uri, can you give me some good do metal? And you'd get a, uh, you'd just get a lot of records, <laughs> you know, to listen yeah. to, and, uh, and he gave me serenades uh, one day along with... Uh, Along with uh, the gatherings, always and ah uh, oh, yeah, love always and shades of God by uh, by Paradise Lost and yeah. and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of Solitude Eternus. I remember the exact day I was there oh, and gave yeah, me all of these, great. and I was like, okay, I'm fixed for the next few years. There was also there yeah, was also uh, my dying bride, uh, uh, Turn Loose the Swans. That's still huge. Perfect, for me. perfect record. Yeah, just absolutely love that record. Uh, I mean, all those are classic bands that you mentioned. They're all just, those bands really informed a lot of uh, my tastes, especially in the early to mid-90s. Amazing stuff. 
turn loose the swans. It it just doesn't get better than that. Yes, this is right up my alley. You know, this is these are the things that I I really love. You know, I was by the way I was supposed that's that's uh, uh, not not much time after Agalok were in Israel. Um, the gathering uh, reunited their original lineup to play. Uh, I think it was twenty years for always. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. And I, I had a ticket to go, but then I, I, I was a bro college kid, so that was a bit of a problem. Yeah. And I think I think that um, maybe a week after that concert in Belgium, there was Agalock. So I was like, hmm, let's get another round. But that 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 didn't pan out for me. But uh, oh, really? I, I really wanted to go. <laughs> Yeah, we played Belgium a lot for some reason. That's awesome. So, uh, substance, substance for, for God? God. Yes, exactly. For God. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I'm gonna have to check that out. That's really cool. Uh, what's song number four? Okay, so uh, this is really obscure. Even for okay. Israeli metal, it will be obscure. But this is perhaps one of the finest records to ever come out of this country, if you ask me. Awesome. Um, this is a Jerusalem-based uh, band, and Jerusalem-based wow, bands. Okay. Jerusalem-based bands, they have their like their own subscene in Israel. Sure. Uh, their music tends to be more extreme than other uh, bands. Okay. And this album was actually—I don't remember if it was mixed or mastered, either by Greg Chandler of of Esoteric, which is like a huge, huge band that I love. From Esoteric, aren't they Italian? Yeah. No, they are they are English. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And my bad. And Greg Chandler, you know, the leader of Esoteric, he I don't remember mm. if it was mixed or mastered. And uh, I had a chance to talk to him not long ago, and I I asked, I asked him if he remembered this, and he told me, of course, that he loved this band. Um, and I was in the army when this uh, when this album came out. And okay. This it was huge, you know, for me. And again, this is an album that I still go back to uh, from time to time. This was released in 2007. The band's called The Nell. Like uh, like the Psy song. Uh, like N-A-I-L? No, Nell. You know, K-N-E-L-L. Oh, like... Yes. Like the Psy song. Okay, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And this, this song's called Black Veil and Promise. Okay. And this is basically, I think, almost the heaviest doom that we ever, ever had to come out of this. And I just love the intro on this one. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of this band either. This is obscure even when it comes to Israeli metal, so... Yeah. They released one album and then they, then they, they disbanded, which, which I think is, uh, is pretty... Uh, it's pretty unfortunate for me personally. Yeah. Did you ever see them? I have. I saw them on one one concert without a bassist. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But they still sounded awesome. Yeah, that's doom. That's some serious doom. That's that's really borderline funeral doom. Yeah, borderline. I was gonna say, kind of reminds me of like Thurgathon, but not quite. Yes, it's a little bit more deathish than Thurgathon are, 
a huge uh, band for me, obviously. Um, yeah. And uh, this is—you can see that this is the work of Greg from from Esoteric. Yeah. Uh, and this one, uh, uh, by the way, uh, we had Amorphis come and play here. Um, oh yeah. I think it was a year ago, something like that. Okay. Maybe I lost track of time, but yes, they came here about. It was a perfect concert. You know, the sound was awesome. And in the back of the venue, I saw the singer of this band, Daniel. Oh, wow. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm a weird person. You know, when I see people, I have, first of all, I, I have a really, really uh, strong memory for faces and names. I do, too. I'm really good at faces, especially. So I, I was like, I approached him and I was like, you were the singer of Daniel, right? And he was like, yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> and, I, and that particular day, I remember that I went to the shower playing this album, and it yeah. was still on. And it was still on on my Apple, you know, on my Apple Music. It was, it oh, was still perfect. on. I showed it to him, and it was uh, he was like yeah. blown away by that. That's amazing. I love stuff like that. That's so cool. Yes, this and is, I love Amorphous too. Yes, this is something weird that I would be doing, you know, approach random people. But yeah, yeah. I think as a as a musician, I think it's nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Musicians have huge egos. They want people to recognize them. Yeah. So it, it was again. It was an obscure album, even even uh, even for Israeli metal. And uh, I think I think that uh, they. I wanted them to know that they left a mark. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. So obviously they broke up or disbanded for some reason. Yes, their guitar, their guitarist, and the one who wrote most of the material lives in lives in Santiago in Chile now. Oh wow. Yeah. Jeez. You can see how how this is this is doom death, but it's really brutal, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, do these guys have an album, or is it just a demo? Yes, this this album is called you know the the name's the Nell, and the album is called Harm. No, this would okay. be this would be a little uh, it would be easy to find it on Discogs, but uh, I don't think. The entire album is even on YouTube. Okay. Yes, I have the physical album somewhere. You know, I, I got it when I was a soldier. Mm-hmm. And there was there was a period of time when I when I just got enlisted. It was 2006, and I it was I think every metal fan goes through this phase. You know, when I just I, I started fading away from the scene, away from metal, and yeah. and the army totally brought me back. Oh yeah, that that makes sense to me. I can see that. So that's something that you have to do when you're an Israeli citizen, right? Correct. You, you, right now, I think they've shortened it to two and a half years for a male, but back in my day, it was still three years. Wow, okay. So I was, I was three years on the border of Lebanon. You know, it was, uh, it was, I wasn't a combat fighter or something like that. I, I, what mm-hmm. we used, the, the UN has a has a you know like an, an a foreign army in Lebanon they're called Unifil and they've seriously uh, they they have like 15,000 soldiers in South Lebanon since uh, since the second Lebanon war and we were like responsible for the whole connection with with Unifil okay wow and I did I did all this like a hundred meters from Lebanon that was really cool yeah wow I can't even imagine what that's like it's it's i think that it really uh, 
it's an experience that I think that Americans miss this, you know, most Americans, because they go straight to college and in, mm-hmm. in some ways they, they, stay, they stay kids. And, you know, when you yeah. go to the army, it's somehow you, you become an adult really fast, you know. Yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> yeah, that's intense. Man, I love that part of the song. <laughs> you see, it's become slows again. It slows down again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I, I love stuff like this. I'm gonna have to check out this record. Yes, if you cannot find it, I'll, I'll try to send the songs, but uh, you would find it easily on Discogs and it wouldn't even be that, uh, that expensive. Okay. Oh man, I can I can never get enough of this, you know. And Israeli people who listen to this podcast probably wouldn't even many of them probably wouldn't even recognize this, but uh for me it was huge. Yeah, that's that's great. love that double bass yes it, it, this is why we came time i knew right this was heart. gonna come yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yes, this, this one it was again this was fantastic re- this one was really big for me and again this is that's, this is i really think a, a, maybe a perfect depiction of the jerusalem metal scene because again they're they're a little bit more hardcore than us you know the, the, yeah yeah that's interesting um I know nothing about Jerusalem, but I spent the day there and it's just, it was so different than anything I've ever experienced in my life that it's, I can't imagine playing in a doom death band from Jerusalem. It just seems so, it, it doesn't seem like it could exist there. It seemed like, especially when we, where we were just like in the, in the old part of it or whatever you call it the prayer calls and all that. Like I just, it was a different world, totally different world than what I'm used to. Um, I can, I can totally relate. And, you know, even for, for a guy that lived, you know, in, in Tel Aviv for like a lot of years now, uh, Jerusalem is like going abroad. You know, me, me and my fiance, we went to Jerusalem. I think it was, it was like a, two years ago. We just went spent a weekend in Jerusalem and I, and I felt like, like I was abroad somewhere. It's totally different, yeah. and it, it's like yeah. a great experience. And, yeah, I loved it. You know, Jerusalem also, you know, uh, when Shabbat comes on Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. the streets become empty like a lockdown. And it's really not, you know, it's it, yeah. it, 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 it's a depiction of, of, of maybe Judaism in its uh, most, um, I would say, maybe ancient form. Because people, you know, in Tel Aviv, we, mostly you don't see people like that here it's yeah. like a, it's like a different culture and it's really nice to to be able to see that and if we're if we're discussing a jerusalem bands uh this is perhaps the most well-known band to ever come out of jerusalem i think not not most well known because this one would be melechish uh, oh but but okay. it isn't melechish it's like the next best thing maybe i would say 
Okay. Uh, it is a Jerusalem band. I I, I didn't have I don't have the file of it. I'm gonna play it off of YouTube because I do have yeah. one song, but uh, I, I I instantly now changed the, the one that I wanted to play. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Go off script. This this is gonna be after their latest record. This band is called Aralu. You may have heard of them. Oh yes, yes, I have heard of them. I'm not sure I've ever heard them though. Okay, so they they're uh, they are um, the Israeli. I would say maybe the Israeli Absu. Okay, yeah. Just a second. So they've been doing this, I think, since the mid-90s. Yeah, I remember when uh, Aglock was working with The End. I believe that The End released something by Rado. This can be. This is their latest release, and the last that I saw Aralu, I believe, was when Mayhem played in Israel. Uh, I think it was this past December or January. I don't really remember. Okay. And, and they were the warm-up show, and they always do a very good job of doing that. I didn't know they were from Jerusalem. I yes. didn't even know they were from Israel. Yes, yes. They, uh, this band is is hardcore Jerusalem. And I actually, I actually it, went to see them in Jerusalem. Also, I think it was last year. Oh wow! Yeah. Isn't Melehesh? Aren't they from Armenia? They uh, Melehesh originally, I believe, they have Israeli roots. They now they resided in the Netherlands. And in Moti, the man behind uh-huh. Aralu, he played some session bass for Melehesh. I don't remember even when that was. Okay. I saw Melehesh. Uh, four or five years ago in Germany. I think it was Germany. It was a festival that Agalok was playing. They, were, they played right before us. And uh, I've always liked their records. It was really cool to see them live. I have to ask something. You know, as, as a musician, you know, you, you go to these festivals and you do them, you know, you play in them, actually. Do you spend time watching the bands? Depends. It really depends on... Uh, it depends on what the festival is like what your time is like sometimes it's just like in and out and you don't have time and then other times it's you have a lot of downtime so sometimes you find yourself spending like an entire day watching bands and then other times you just don't have the time um so it's it's been both ways for me i understand because i think i think that you know you I, I think that even though you're a musician and you played in a huge band, at least for me uh, personally, uh, I still see you like uh, you're. I wouldn't say you were a groupie, but you're a big fan, and I, I can see I can see that you know you you still enjoy the music very much, even though you. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I mean, we were Agalock was kind of a mid-level band. I mean, we were popular and we we're big, but um, you know, we would play these festivals with bands like Death. Uh, amorphous sepultura uh, obituary and yeah i would turn into a fanboy you know i was just like, i can totally understand we, yeah i mean we played it's a couple times where like we played a festival with where amorphous played kills from a thousand lakes in its entirety um or we were we oh, got man, off stage and album yeah it's one of my all-time favorites and or the time that we were hanging out backstage with 
with death and they were showing us Chuck's guitar because the singer was playing Chuck's guitar. Oh man. And then we got off stage and then they get on stage right after that and open up with pull the plug. You know, it's just, you can't help but be humbled by those things because it's these bands and these artists that have meant so much to you. And, uh, those type of experiences are just, they're mind blowing. You sometimes you're at at the danger of becoming complacent and taking it for granted. But I always really tried to just really put myself in the moment and enjoy the experiences that I was, I was able to have. So when I did have the time, I, I tried to take advantage of it as much as possible. I see. That, you know, I, I remember you told me you, you guys toured with Disembowelment. Well, we played one show with them. We played Roadburn with them. And I, I was like, you know, uh, I played the nail like two, two songs before. And this is, a, this is like the yeah. Israeli version of Disembowelment, I think. You know, it really reminds yeah, me of uh-huh. Transcendence to the Peripheral Water record. Right. You know? When you told me yeah. that you played with them, I was like, oh, man, you know, to see you guys yeah. and them all together was, would have been perfect, really. Well, yeah, it was a really weird, that was a crazy show. That was us and Disembowelment and Ulver and Killing Joke and Voivod. Oh man, Ulver, you know, this band, you know, the, the, the recent artists that I, I found like the, the most influential and the ones that I really like are, are the ones that I consider chameleons, you know, and Agala was much yeah. like that too. Maybe, maybe less yeah. extremely, but you know, I, you would never know what to expect of their next record. You know, you'd never yep. know how it would sound and, No matter how I love that I would say I wouldn't say weird but you know new and different it would be I would still I would still love it you know yeah if you played anybody off the street uh, Naan's madrigal and then played them assassination of Julius Caesar they would never ever ever guess in a million years it was the same band I usually do it by the way yeah <laughs> this is what I do <laughs> when I try to not? introduce people to Oliver that's what I do you know yeah. I played in either yeah. Natnos Madrigal or Berktad and then And then I just, you know, it's either uh, um, uh, Perdition City for me, which I, I think is the, yeah. my favorite album for, from Ulver. And, and, you know, Yulus Kaysar obviously was a huge release. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I can never get enough of Ulver. Their, their, their latest record is also amazing. Even my fiance liked that. And it never happened. Yeah, I, I, I can't say that I'm into the, new, the newer Ulver. Yeah. Um, But I completely admire and respect the fact that they're constantly evolving, as they say. Uh, I adore the first three records, obviously. Uh, Perdition City is my favorite of the electro-type records. Love Shadows of the Sun. Um, the newer directions just not really my, my thing, but I, I do just, and it's even, respect you know, it. Even- When you take the electronical stuff, there's a lot of variety in a lot of places you can take it to. You know, how exactly. different, how different yeah. is Shadows of the Sun from, from, uh, from Julius Caesar, for instance, you know? Right. It never ends Or, for this band. Oh, yeah. Or the soundtrack work they do is so different than the like, n- normal electronic stuff they do. It's, it's fascinating. It's definitely, definitely respect and admire that band a lot. Uh, they have this soundtrack, uh, Lycanthropen Themes. Man, I yes, love this. Yes, love it. This is... That's oh, one of my man. favorites. Yeah. Have you seen the movie? I have not. Is there a movie, really? 
I thought it was like there imaginary is. or something like that. No, it's there's really a movie. Uh, a friend of mine released it in the USA. I think it's long gone. I should ask him and see if he still has any copies, but he released it on DVD um, many, many years ago. It's very short. I think it's like a 20-minute, 30-minute film. But yeah, he released the DVD version. So it's it's out there. And you know, what I, what I really think also, you, if you bring cinema... Uh, Uh, to this conversation is uh, how perfect, you know, uh, Agaluk was is, is, is like, you know, it was a perfect depiction. You know, I, I, it's hard to describe for me, but, you know, it was like, I, I, would, I wouldn't say the ultimate cinema band, but there was a lot of, mm-hmm. of, of cinematic uh, influences there, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I mean, I think The Mantle is when we first started kind of experimenting with that a little bit. The Mantle was very much uh, inspired by cinema. Um, as well as Marrow. Marrow was really big, uh, really hugely influenced by, by different films. So yeah, I mean, we were definitely, definitely into that. I think a lot of bands are. I just think that um, perhaps a band like Agalock or Ulver are a little bit more transparent with it. But uh, I really like trying to be influenced by other forms of medium rather than music. I think it's, it really puts an interesting spin on it totally you know uh, i think i think maybe not not enough bands are doing that but yeah 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 i agree that's great i i really loved the now i'm gonna have to check out that record that's awesome i will and the next one i'm gonna play is actually yeah. um i don't know if you've heard it it's really new it came out i think a month okay even less than a month oh, ago okay i'm sure i haven't um Uh, this is this record is really I think it's a perfect record I'll go on and say that it's a perfect record okay um, this band has played a lot of shows in Israel uh, throughout the past I think three or four years and the album was released again uh, it's it, the album has been they've been writing it for almost 20 years. It was released oh wow it was okay. released uh, a month ago and this is again this is I would say ultimate atmospheric metal it's it's fields at an FLM it's Tiamat it's everything combined together into this it's like they've mixed it in a big pot and it's I can't really describe this you just have to listen and the guitarist on this part by the way is is uh, the guitar guitarist of it's a guest guitarist from one of the most famous uh, most famous I would say uh, mainstream bands in Israel they're called machina okay okay they're a big big mainstream band in Israel and this their guitarist played like a, a guest part in this uh, okay this song I really wonder what you're gonna say about this one Maybe you recognize the singer on this one? Singer is Ishai. Sounds fr- Oh, okay. This is Ishai's so this is So this is uh, Tomorrow's Rain. Exactly. Okay. And they've been... 
playing warm-up concerts for all the big bands that Ishai is bringing over to Israel in the last, again, four or five years. And I can never, never get enough of them. You know, I, I, there, were some, there were some concerts that I, I went for the warm-up, honestly. Yeah, uh-huh. That's awesome. Because it was the only way I could listen to the songs up until this, this was released. Like up until I, recently, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew this just came out, um, but yeah, I haven't checked it out. I kind of forgot about it. I'll have to check it out. This, this for me really is a perfect, perfect album because it touches everything that I like about this genre. Yeah. This, this one perhaps not as heavy as other songs on the album, but as far as atmosphere goes, this is one of the best ones on this record. And it, ha- okay. it has really nice, unique guests also, this record. Uh, Kobi Farhi and uh, mm-hmm. Miko of The Swallow Sun and uh, Fernando from uh, Moonspell, which, by the way, they were in Israel oh, wow. like, also yeah. like three or four years ago. It was like a huge concert, you know. Yeah. And you know what's very, very unique about this album? And really, Yeshai yeah. is a genius for doing this, but all the songs have been... They have a, a Hebrew version of the album and an English version of the album. And this was never oh, done. Oh, wow. This was never, never done before. So this... That's this, crazy. So this song uh, has an, a Hebrew version, actually. Yeah. That's really interesting. I've never heard of anybody doing anything like that. This is really unique. And the the Hebrew uh, version has Israeli guests instead of the... Oh, wow. Guests. And they are a little <laughs> bit more mainstream in Israel. Not everyone, but... Uh, and you know what Yeshai has been doing is been he's been taking vocal uh, vocal lessons with one of the most famous singers in Israel and she's like she has a she has a, some orientation she was like huge like 20 or 30 years ago and okay. she had some rock orientation but you know Yeshai and, and Ricky Gal that's her name I would never think of it for a second that she's a guest in one of the songs wow that's, that's awesome yeah that's really nice <laughs> that's great And again, you know, I can never get enough of this one. And you could, you could maybe even go on a limb and say that this is a, a super group. You know, the, the drummer on this album is Neil. Sure. He's Salem's drummer. He's the okay. best. He's the best drummer in Israel by, by a mile. You know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's the kind of drummer that you know this music is slow. You, you know, you don't right. need, like, the best drummer in the world to play this, but when Nir is behind the drums playing the songs, you, you sense that it's Nir. He has this... Right. This is a style. Yes. It, it's totally... Uh, yeah, but you can, only, you can only hear it live, I think. That it's really him. Right. Behind the drums. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm going to have to check this out for sure. Yes, again, this this song is uh, a little bit more laid back than the others are. Mm-hmm. This is the first song off the album, but I, I think it's my favorite. Usually, when before they go on stage, uh, they play Prayers for Rain by, uh, oh, by The Cure. By the Cure. And yeah. then they go on stage with this song. And this is, oh man, this is... That's a, cool. It's a really good combination. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And this has uh, the guitarists on, again, a- another embarrassing story. There was a, a band called Distorted uh, in Israel. They're not so, they're not, they're not maybe, they, 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 they had a deal for two albums in Candlelight. Okay. It's like, uh, it's like a mixture of Orphan Land and, and The Gathering, something like that, because they had female vocals. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guitarist and, and the male singer of Distorted, he plays guitar on this album. And I, when I was a student, I was working in a restaurant somewhere in this, next to my college. And he came to eat with his family one day. And I was like, okay. he, he no longer had the, the long hair from the concerts. And I looked right. like an ordinary guy. And I just I approached him <laughs> and I was like, are you Rafi from Distorted? And he was like, how do you know me? <laughs> it's something that I like doing, you know. Yeah, I can tell. That's awesome. So really, in, in terms of Israeli metal, you could say that it's a super group. Definitely. Yeah. And also, uh, what's different about Tomorrow's Rain than other bands is that they, and, and this really reminds me of, uh, of Fields of the Nephilim. And I told Ishai that also. Uh-huh. There are no intermissions, no speaking to the audience. They come to the stage, they play the concert, they say goodbye, mm-hmm. and then they just leave. You know, it's like leave, a cinema, yeah. basically. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, that's great. Yeah, very cool. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear Ishai's doing that. That's great. Yes, and, and by the way, Ishai, it's not his first band to release such a, I would say, stellar record. You know, like 20 years ago, he released an, uh, a record uh, with a band called Nail Within. Nir Nakav, the Salem's Drum. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. This is a Swedish death metal made very well. You know, it's like if you like At The Gates uh, and what they've been able to do, like with uh, Slaughter of the Soul, this is, sounds just like it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. He had a record. I can't remember what it was called, but uh, do you know Mayor? Mayor Applebaum? Yes, of course. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He had that record with Mayor years ago, too. Oh, man. It's so um, obscure. Yes. This is an obscure record. Definitely. Yeah. What was what was that band called? I, I can't Di- remember. Dimesmerized. That's I it. Think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Mayor lives a, in LA now. This is Mayor's been music. in LA for... Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I've known Mayor for quite a few years, um, but he's been in L.A. for a really long time now. Yeah, think, yeah, he, right? li- he lives in the States. And uh, by the way, he used to play for Tomorrow's Rain back when they were still called Moonskin like 15 years ago. There's a video of, of them okay. playing, this, they're, they're, because he's good friends with Ishai. There's a, good, there's a, a video yeah. of them on new, YouTube playing this particular song with a totally different lineup. And the song also sounds really the the, the very different from what it is. It just uh, sounded. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like a small world. It is. You know, it, you wouldn't believe. You know, for speaking about the Israeli scene, you wouldn't believe how small Israel is. You know, when you when you meet a person, the first the first sentence will be, you know, you you see where they work or where they were in the army or where they're from originally. And you'll, you know, mm-hmm. two sentences into the conversation, you'll just ask, do you know this and that? Like you just with, right. with, did with Maor. 
and usually yeah. usually you'll have acquaintances you know more more likely than not you'll have acquaintances it's such a small yeah, yeah. country yeah that's now that's I, I, I i've been i've been seeing you know some of your facebook posts and i uh -huh. noticed that you really really like uh, like like any sane metal uh uh fan you like uh, what uh blood incantation did on the the recent record the most yeah. recent record yeah love those guys so when i first heard uh hidden history of the human race Mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it, it's really revolu revolutionary. I wouldn't say that it's it's not original. It is. It's very original. Uh, but we had a band in Israel that I think 15 years ago released something that is most resembling. You know, if I had to resemble it to an Israeli band, it would probably be this particular record. Okay. Um, Great. This is a band called Lehavot. Lehavot in Hebrew okay. it, it means flames. All right. So, so uh, Lavot they started out as um, they started out as a black metal band, um, like um, heavily influenced by, I would say, a mixture of maybe Dimu Burgir and Darkthorn, something like that. Okay, and, cool. Uh, the first uh, full length that they've released, it's called Hatred Shaped Man. It was released in two thousand three. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's kick ass death metal. Uh, it's okay, very, great. very, I would say it's, I would say many things that were done in hidden history. I can hear them in this record and, okay. and actually they, the band, uh, this, this band that maybe two or three years after the release of this, uh, record, but, uh, to my liking, they, uh, they have regrouped about five years ago and they're going to release oh, another, awesome. they're going to release another album very shortly. This song is called non-civilized. Okay. And they're from Tel Aviv? Yes, they are. Okay. Awesome. The singer Yuval, I keep bugging him about the new album. I really know I really want to know when they're going to release this one. I think it's still being recorded. Uh, their drummer is in is a Jewish American now, not, oh, not okay. on this album, but uh, I think he, he lives in Israel because he did a couple of shows with them. But uh, I think he's, a, he's an American, Isra American Jewish or American Israeli, something like that. But this again, this is another record that I keep coming back into. Yeah. Now, can you hear the resemblance to Hidden History in any? Yeah, I can. I can a little bit. Yeah. Uh huh. And when I heard it in the Rissier, I was like, okay, Lehavot used to do things similar to this one. Yeah, yeah. This is 2003, but they released another EP in 2014 that was even heavier than this. Okay. And again, Yuval, uh, uh, the singer of Lehavot, is probably one of the better performers in, uh, in Israeli metal. Oh, nice! Yeah. Um, in 2011, Salem did a, uh, a show to commemorate 15 years for the release of uh, of Kaddish. Okay. And they had Yuval on stage play, uh, uh, sing a song off of their first album, uh, "Creating Our Sins." It's oh, on, nice! You yeah. You can see it on YouTube. And again, again, Yuval, Yuval shared it a few days ago, and I was like, 
one of your best performances. That was a really nice. Uh, the, the whole vi the whole uh, show is on YouTube as well. You know, 15 years. I think it was 15 years. No, it was 25 years for Kaddish. Kaddish was released on 94. That was 2011. It was like six months before Regala came to Israel. Same venue, by the way. Yeah. Can you maybe turn it down just a little bit? You're yeah. you're cutting out, and it might be. Yeah, I, got, I lost that last sentence. I couldn't hear you at all. So I, I said that... Uh, uh, there you that, go. That sounds better. No, now I remember that it was, it was not 25 years. It was... Kaddish came out remastered in 2011. You know, where they had a little excerpt okay. from Dawn. Uh, so they, it, was yes. a, it was a release show for this remaster. And uh, it's uh, the whole show is on YouTube, which is very unusual for Salem. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it was played on the it was played on the same venue as 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 the Agaluk show, by the way. And that was called Reading, reading? Three. reading? Yeah, the Reading Three. Yeah, Reading Three. Yeah, it's in the Tel Aviv yeah. port. And that, yeah, okay, that's right. There was like it was right right by the the ocean there. The exactly. Sea. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of yeah. It's funny. I kind of remember. I mean, I remember the inside of the venue really well. I kind of remember the outside just a little bit i think um, it's one of the better places to go to a middle concert in israel these days yeah it was really nice and big and uh the sound is great amenities were great um i befriended the sound man wolf that was working there did you know wolf i don't believe that i do maybe maybe with the face maybe the face He's, he was from the States, but uh, moved to Israel a long time ago. But uh, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago as oh, well. Oh, man, really? Yeah, yeah. But uh, he was just kind of like this biker guy that got sick of the States. <laughs> I see. Moved to Israel and was the sound guy there and uh, said he loved Israel uh, because he could be on the beach and hang out. And yeah, then he uh, he passed away probably seven years ago, something like that. I see, but you know, I, I think that uh, probably it, it was a really different uh, scenery for him in Tel Aviv than it was in the states. Yeah, and I think he was—I think he said he was from Arizona, if I remember correctly. Oh, so maybe the weather was a little bit resembling. Maybe a little bit, yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> de definitely no Mediterranean Sea in Arizona. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps, <laughs> you... perhaps that lake—you know—they they have this artificial lake uh, with connecting with vegas it's, oh it's where um, i proposed yeah. that's why i remember you proposed in in the states yes we were traveling really? to, yes we were uh, i uh, we were on vegas and uh, we went on a chopper trip to the grand canyon and we landed there and that's oh, wow. where I, that's where i did it and we saw this this it's a huge you know it's a huge lake it's artificial uh-huh so I, I don't know that area very well so i'm not sure which lake that would be but Huh, interesting. I didn't I didn't know that. That's really cool. So the next one, um, yeah. again, I was saying that Le Havot started out as a uh, as a black metal band. And I also mm -hmm. said that uh, during the early 90s, uh, we had this huge outburst and many influence of of the early death doom, peaceful death doom, you know, uh, Paradise Lost and, and, and Anathema. Right. And uh, early 2000s, was definitely black metal, you know. Okay, yeah. You had many, many black metal bands. Um, 
some more melodic, some less melodic. And, mm-hmm. and this particular one um, is a band that it's one of the first black metal bands I ever saw live in Israel. Okay. Uh, they don't exist anymore. Uh, this band's called Bar- Bartholomew's Night. Okay, yeah. And it, when they used to, to do performances, it was all corpse paint. You know, you, you'd <laughs> yeah. get the whole package. And, um, and, this was, and this was very brutal for this time. And they were like, I think this, this demo was released in 2003 or 2004. Um, just a little after I got I, big into metal in Israel. And, okay. and I, was, I was mind blown by this live performance. Oh yeah, there you go. This one's called Survival of the Fittest. Uh, Cradle of Filth influence there. Yes, a lot. And this was big. Uh, During this time, maybe 2000, 2001, 2003, it was definitely Mm -hmm. black metal around here. Many bands... uh, sounded like that back in the day yeah what are these guys called again Bartholomew's Night right okay um I think that this particular EP or demo I think it was a demo it would be hard to come by but their first album probably would be a little bit easier to come to, to get okay. I think it will be on YouTube as well nice I think they attempted a comeback sometime in 2010, 2011, something like that. I would be happy to see them. Again, I also... um, Another story, I also uh, very weirdly approached their singer. You know, I was looking like... I was like... I was uh, was working somewhere in Tel Aviv uh, when I was an accountant. I worked many, many times in client sites and it was an office right. of this company and I went out for lunch and then I saw him and I was like I, I was like almost suit and tie almost yeah. I definitely didn't look like a metalhead and I was like you're Itai the singer of Bartholomew's Night right? <laughs> he's like how would you know that? I do that a lot you know I'm very weird you do when that, it comes to that yeah. I, I feel like you've done that with every band you've played so far almost the ones, that, almost. The ones yeah. I've been able to meet yeah yeah because I like, you know, I, I really like to see the expression on their faces when they see the most random yeah. guy on the street uh, approach them uh-huh. their, about their weird band. That's great. I've done that with a few fans before at Agalock shows. I'll see them and I'll be like, oh, aren't you so-and-so? And they're like, what the, how do you know me? I'm like, I'm, like I see you on Facebook. <laughs> that, that's probably really nice for them. <laughs> it, nice or extremely creepy. I'm not sure which. But, you know... What, what I noticed as an Agalock fan is that Agalock has, you know, a very, very strong cult following. You said you were a medium band. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the fan base is so strong and so yeah. dedicated. You, did you feel yep. it as a, a, as a member of the band? Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was, uh, it was overwhelming, you know? I mean, just, we never never expected that we would be doing things like going to play in Tel Aviv <laughs> and then of course when you show up and there's you know hundreds and hundreds of people that that know the music and I mean Tel Aviv the audience was singing along like every word and you know people obviously just 
loved it. And uh, I mean, you guys are a world away from us. And that was just completely amazing. Um, and that wasn't the only place we experienced stuff like that. And so, yeah, of course, it's like you, you get to know that pretty well, that uh, you know, people are really, really dedicated and really attached to the, to the music. And, you know, I also, I also felt it as a fan. You know, I was standing very close to you guys during the show. And when mm -hmm. Dawn came out with this Salem T-shirt, by the way, I have the exact same one. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the solo that he played for um, for uh, I, I, I now, you know, I'm a little excited. So I forgot the name of the song, you know, um, it's part two off of off of um, off of Ashes. Bloodbirds, obviously. Bloodbirds. Yeah. yeah. And oh, my God, that was like it, I don't know if you remember that. Um, I don't know if you remember that particular moment of the show you were playing, but So maybe you don't, mm -hmm. but it was like he was all over the ground, and it was like, oh man, this guy, this guy knows yeah. what he's doing. Agalock Live is totally different than than the than the records. Yeah, well, that's we wanted to do something different live. Like, why would we want to play the record live? You can stay at home and listen to the record. We wanted to do something a little different. Totally, man. That was that was that was screaming outside like that. I have to yeah. ask you also. <laughs> I have to ask you also about your because you do have some connection to uh, the Israeli scene like it and it goes way back also from uh from your, your the end days you know or, um i would say yeah you have you have an acquaintance used to play for his band yeah yes yes that's true tomer yes this this uh, this particular ep i i go back to it um every once in a while as well and this is uh one of my favorite releases by an israeli metal artist Tomer, yeah. Tomer is, uh, I think, I think he's one of the premier song, metal songwriters in Israel, if not the best, and he's probably one of the best. He's so creative, and um, the music is so, so, so original. I would say. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they, they've gone. Yeah, he's. And and it's really evolved, you know, from the from the psychotic state into the the records that they do today. Yes, I. The evolutionary evolution of that band is is pretty amazing to me and looking back to when uh he flew me down to salt lake to record bass on that first ep to compare to what they're doing now and what they've done since i was in the band it's it's really amazing i'm i'm really happy uh for tomer it's uh fantastic i haven't heard anything he's done recently and i haven't talked to him in quite a while i should reach out to him yeah it's it's uh, he has a company that uh that does, you know, all the stage arrangements for big concerts. Okay. And you can imagine it's not, it, these are not easy times for, for, for people like no. this. But he's yeah. been creative, you know, he, he, he tries to, uh, to do other stuff now, you know, like he, he has, he, he, he's, he's doing a lot of Facebook ads for businesses these days instead. Um, but I really, I really wish for, for people like that, you know, for, for things to go back to normal. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, of course, uh, we are talking about Subterranean Masquerade. Exactly. Um, yes. And again, it started when Tomer, uh, uh, like the leader of this band, um, was he lived in the States and he worked for the End Records. Yes. And since then, he came back to Israel. And uh, back in the day, the, the band consisted of many, uh, many foreign musicians. And Tomer was the, the heart and soul of this uh, mm -hmm. 
of the squad, but right now uh, it's only Israeli musicians. So, oh, that, so okay. that's also so that's also pretty nice. Uh, this this particular yeah. this is the la- la- their latest record it's called Vagabond, and mm-hmm. and the only the only uh, non-Israeli there is uh, is Shatil Nordhus, who's all he's also a singer from a, a Green Carnation and so forth. I got to meet him right. also mm-hmm. when they came to play this lunch show in Israel. This song is called Kippur. Okay, nice. How different is this from from psychotic state of mind it's so different <laughs> it's like two different bands and you know i i love it both is. records I mean, it, and... it essentially is a different band i mean it's it's so it's so crazy uh tomer he he was on aglock's first tour when we toured with virgin black and antimatter on the west coast um and we just did like oh, antimatter five. man I, i love their stuff yeah right it's great We did like five or seven shows along the west coast of America, and uh, Tomer was with us to drive and help out, and um, Andreas from the end was as well. And after that, after that tour, Tomer told me, this has really inspired me to start my own band, like seeing Agalock play. I really want to start my own band. Um, do you want to play bass? I was like, yeah, sure. So I did that, I did that first EP, and then... Agalock got a lot more popular and a lot bigger after that and uh, I had to bow out I just didn't have the time to take on subterranean masquerade anymore no but, but this but this sounds really Jason like yeah <laughs> yeah and I love this part of this song They used to have, um, I think it was also a, uh, back in Psychotic State when you still played in, in Subterranean that, that Paul Kerr was, uh, was the guy doing the, the grunts. Yep. And yep. Uh, this is his replacement. He's actually a very good friend of mine. His name is Eliran. He's no longer with Subterranean, but he did, he did the, the growls in this album. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to this more too. But, and I, this is, I, this is really I, I good. first heard it and I was like, how does somebody even come up with this music? Yeah, yeah. And in live, it's even more intense, you know? Yeah. No, this is, I, I really stand by what I said, you know, when Tomer is probably one of the premier songwriters here. I mean, this is like a party if you'll see their their shows on it really you, is if you see if you see their shows on YouTube this is a band that want to play in my son's bar mitzvah you know 
and it's a compliment. Yeah. Right. No, it, it kind of looks like that. Like it does look like a party on stage. I've seen. Um, I haven't seen any videos, I don't think, but I've seen some photos. Yeah, they are doing it pretty good. And also, the, the artwork in this album is really, really unique, I would say, yeah. I'm not sure if I've seen it. I'll have to look that up. The, the album is called Vagabond. Okay. I also love Shatil's vocals on this one. I like that. That's really cool. And you know, as a player, Tomer is just a rhythm guitarist, you know. You could see on stage that he right. doesn't do much, you know. Yeah. But he's the he's the brain behind all this, and this is why it's so nice. Yeah, you it's know? amazing. Yeah, I don't know what's working with. I don't know what's more difficult, executing or or right. or planning all this. You know. Yeah, well, working with him in the studio, he definitely had like an idea for every little tiny part, and he was he was directing in the studio. He was saying, you know, do, you do this here, and you do this here, and he let us. At least in my experience, he let us all um, breathe. You know, we wrote our own parts. We uh, had our own input, but he definitely was like, I need this sample here. This has got to have like this little flourish here. There's got to be a melody here. Like he had the whole thing completely planned out. I think it's very, very impressive, you know, when somebody has the goal. And yeah, I, I think that I, I think that I read an interview with him once and he said that this album was really emotionally draining to to uh not not vagabond it was their, their debut album suspended animation uh -huh. dreams yes it was uh -huh. released through the end and it's also sounds like a totally different band this one uh, it does it's, totally it's, closer, it's yeah. closer to to the ep that you recorded with them it is very much and he said it was very draining i can imagine what goes through uh you know Did you have any any phases, you know, when when you when you were recording and you were working on an album and you and you felt like it was no longer fun? It felt like a job, more it, like or. Yeah, it's rare. It was rare for me. I mean, I've always loved the process and I love being in the studio and I love recording. But um, yeah, sometimes there's moments where it does feel like a chore, uh, especially if things are going wrong or if pieces aren't coming together. Um, Serpent in the Sphere, <clears throat> excuse me, Serpent in the Sphere felt like that sometimes. Uh, but I'd say for the most part, no, but it, it does happen here and there. And you get four or five people in a room that all have like a similar goal, but different ideas. And that sometimes becomes an issue. Uh, but most of the time I, I always enjoyed it. I always felt lucky to be in the studio making music. Many guys with bands would say that. Yes, I, I hear, yeah. I hear, uh, I hear similar uh, stories. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty common. And you know, ideally, everybody really, really cares about the outcome, and people really want it to be the best it can be. And so, of course, you're going to get differing opinions, and people are going to be passionate about it. And it's just uh, working with compromising and working with 
and trusting others to do what's right on their instrument. And it can be difficult. I, I, I can understand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I always felt lucky. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite things in the world. And so uh, whether it's performing or writing or recording music, it's I'm, I, 99% of the time I'm loving it. Do you have, do you have like a main project that um, if it wasn't for this situation, you would have, you'd have played live for? Yeah, actually I had to, I had to cancel a bunch of shows this year. Um, I have more music going on now than I ever have. I think, um, I've, I'm doing, uh, solo work. That's kind of like cinematic soundscape type stuff that I was performing a lot with. I did a small tour in February and, uh, I was supposed to have a few more shows this year and I had to cancel those. I have a project called sleep chains. That's kind of like a, uh, industrial Godflesh type of project. And we had some shows oh, nice. to play. Um, had to cancel those. Uh, I have a doom project called Dolvin. It's all acoustic, all acoustic guitar doom. And we really? had a couple shows. This, I must yeah. hear that. Yeah. It's uh, my friend, Nick Woos. He wrote all the songs and we have one record that's done. The second one is almost done. The first record has uh, Tim Call, the drummer of Mournful Congregation, on drums. Oh, man, I love this band. Yeah, and uh, we released that record oh, three years ago, maybe, but we had a couple shows this year uh, that were supposed to be our very first shows ever, and those got canceled. Um, yeah, quite a bit of stuff that I was supposed to be doing this year that I'm not, but it's also been good because I can concentrate more on studio work. Um, such as the new sculpture. The new sculpture is about 98% done now. Really? I did not know. Yeah. 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 We've been working on it for a really long time. Um, but yeah, like a really long time. It's really massive. It's really intricate. It's really complicated. And I've been mixing it for the last year and a half, <laughs> something like that. So, but it's, it's really close to being done. Um, so it's given me, the lockdown has given me more time to focus on things like wrapping up the sculptured record. And I have some other projects that are just starting that I can focus on those too. Um, so yeah, live performances, it's been pretty bad for me, but uh, I'm just trying to shift my focus in other directions. And I think I th I, many of my musician friends say the same, you know, you cannot perform, but you can do like studio work and, and songwriting. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't pay the bills for people because usually that's how people are making their money is from live performances. But um, it's, it's nice for me to be able to, I was getting overwhelmed, honestly, like right before quarantine. Um, I just had too much on my plate. I have a family. I work full time. I've got a million bands. I've got a podcast. <laughs> I've just I had too much stuff going on and everything was happening at once. And so quarantine was nice for me in a way because then I could just really prioritize on what needs to get done. I can, re so I can really I relate. You know, I, I also work very hard. I do multiple things at time. And, you know, I never do just one single thing. Never, ever. Yeah, and me too. So I can I can totally understand what you what you're saying. 
Yeah, yeah. I will play a la- uh, the last song. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. This one, this one is by a band of a really, really good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Oz, um, and okay. uh, they are huge Agalock fans. And okay. this, this is the one that I told you that their their EP actually sound, the guitar work is very similar to Embodiment. Very oh, wow! It's very, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I also I always told them okay. that it's like exactly I, I hear Embodiment when I hear your EP. This one's their first That's album. Awesome. It won't be as similar. But I wonder what you're going to think of this. Uh, this band okay. called Obsidian Tide. Okay. I think this was released, I think it was two years ago, maybe a little less. Okay. And what's, what's really unique about the, these guys is that they're a trio. Oh, wow. All right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see many bands like that these days. Right. Um, and somehow their live performances, you, you, you don't feel like it's a trio. Yeah, it feels bigger, larger. Yeah. This is what I like about them. I always tell them that. Look past what your mortal eyes can see Through the blind eternity Break the earthly limits of the flesh Set your spirit free afresh Again, I'm a huge, huge fan of atmospheric stuff. Yeah. And this one is atmospheric and really, uh, it ticks all the boxes for me. Yeah. Made of primal haze, crimson woven into gold. All existence dreams the fate of all. The pillars of creation hold. This album is called Pillars of Creation. Okay, nice. It's also the, it's also the song's name. Um, they use they, they release a lot of you know it's their second release first full length and their albums are always concept albums about um, tales and myths uh, okay yeah cool I think they even have a they're like their own story that they've created Wow. This particular album, you can hear many Tool influences. Yeah, I can see, I can hear that right here. Yeah. I can hear a little sculptured here too. This is this is what I'm talking about exactly. Yeah. But their EP, you can you can hear it much much more. I love that drum part. Yeah, that's awesome. His voice is really good. 
yes, this is. I also like his, his clean vocals here. Yeah. You're in for a surprise because he's the guitarist, and he plays. He he sings the. He does the clean vocals and the basses. He he does the grunts. Okay. Cool. So as a trio, it really works. Really. Yeah. I think they're the the ultimate trio for me. Yeah. <laughs> think that these days for young bands it's it's really really hard to uh, to succeed you know yeah I read a post uh, by a singer enforcer uh, it's like this heavy metal mm -hmm. band from Sweden and he said that it's really hard for you know even even medium bands small to medium bands from the world and even bigger bigger than that to get to get um, spots on uh, on big festivals yeah yeah it is It, the whole thing is hard. It's a hard pursuit for sure. Yeah, this really reminds me of kind of like a mix of sculptured and tool. I, I'm glad you say that because when I, uh, when I told him it, it reminds me of sculptured, he was very surprised. But I, re <laughs> I, could, but I could really hear it, you know. Yeah, I can hear, I can hear Don in that guitar work. Amazing, you know, he's, he's a huge, he's a huge Agalock fan, so he'll lo love to hear that. That's awesome. But but for me, you know, this this was released and it was um, it was really big, even for a small band. I really loved what they did. Also, also huge influence of them is Alcest, and and they played. Oh they, yeah, they uh -huh. played in Israel like three times, uh, courtesy of Ishai, of course. And mm -hmm. it, they, these were big concerts for me, you know. Yeah, they're yeah. so enchanting. I love those guys. They're, they're those guys are great. I always have a good time with them. Did you tour with them a lot? No, um, they they played their very first show opening for us in Romania. Um, oh, really? And we'd yeah we'd known them a little bit before that, um, but. We played two shows in Romania and uh, in Bucharest, they opened for us. And that was the first time we met them in person. And then we ran in, in, into each other at festivals and stuff after that. Um, but uh, yeah, great guys, uh, really fantastic musicians and great guys. And I've always loved that band. When they came to Israel, they always came to a very small venue. It was up to three, 300 people or something like that. And, and it makes this, the concert all the more special. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I like those small, intimate concerts. I think it was the fastest uh, sellout that Ishai ever had. The first, oh yeah, the first, I imagine the, the first concert. The first concert was sold out like within a day or something like that. Ishai was, was wow. blown away. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, they're—I mean—they're huge now. They're so yeah, big. yeah. They got big. They got big, and 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 for a reason, you know. They're, they they they. I love oh, all yeah. their albums, and the, their recent one is really good. Yeah. For sure. Well, Dahl, I got to wrap this up, man. But uh, thank you so much for showing me all this Israeli music and spending this time with me. It's been fantastic. I should be thanking you. Thank you very much. It's been a, a, a huge opportunity.
Thanks so much. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's maybe do a part two if you've got more songs. We can do it again. Not a problem. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Jason. Have a lovely right. day. Thanks, man. Yeah, you too. See ya. Thanks. Bye-bye.